Welcome back to Hat Trick Lax Picks, the show where we analyze every game from every conference so you can make the best picks. As always, we're your hosts, the three Garretts. Gentlemen, we are into conference play, the top 20, the RPI. It's all spicing up more than any Taco Bell seasoning could get. We all had very distinct top 20s, and yet somehow they came and coalesced into one top 20. Another fantastic weekend of lacrosse. Upsets continue to be the storyline, and I am here for it. Some angering games. Games that I wish didn't end in the way they did this weekend, for sure. Looking at you, Nova Brown, today. (laughs) I... I don't know if I have a very good, any good logical uh, counterpoints today um, after this weekend. It's just mania now. Um, inside the cross polls is all over the place. Our polls are all over the place. Um, I think really the only consistency that we have had this year are, be- are the top three, maybe top five teams. Yeah. Um, and... the rest of the field it's literally anyone's game but i'm here for it i love conference play now i'm ready for the chaos to ensue um and this is just a little taste of what we'll get come tournament play there's there was no excuses from our end for bad picks but if i could make an excuse this year feels way harder than last year and way harder than 2021 like we're all still doing okay, but, and I'm sure our listeners appreciate it. This has been an insane lacrosse season in terms of picks. So we are all holding on above 70%, but it's just a different animal this year. Yeah. It feels crazy. like I am, it feels like I'm trying to poke my head out of the water, um, treading through like whitewater rapids. It's ridiculous right now. I, I know I called the Quinnipiac Brown game the biggest anomaly of the year, but every single week there's other games that happen that make me question that statement or more results come in that make me think about other games that might have been even bigger anomalies like Loyola, Maryland. I, at this point in time, like, I don't know how that happened. I honestly have no idea how that happened. But like we said, let's just hop right into our top 20 this week. It's a little chaotic 20 through, I would say about honestly, like 12 to 13 and even 20 to 10 is just a, you know, kick them for who you want and personal bias can show through. Uh, and we also want to say that we, our top 20 reflects the Brown Nova game that just happened. We're recording this on Monday. The game just ended a couple hours ago. So we all updated our top 20s and this is our new thing with everything all the games up to date. So receiving votes for us this week, we've got Yale who fell out of our top 20 after terrible outings and back-to-back weeks. We've got Marquette receiving some votes, Brown receiving some votes after that game today, Michigan receiving some votes and Dartmouth getting some pity votes thrown in there by one of us this week. Yes, sir. Let's go, Darty. <laughs> I, I, you know, I thought about doing that as well. Um, I, I need. I want votes. more chaos. <laughs> oh man, 
Dartmouth, they they have a case. Dartmouth has a case for sure. Um, no. But going into our top 20, our first four or for first five rather, uh, Syracuse making the their second or third entrance into our top 20 this season. Um, Ohio State still hanging on after a very lopsided win against Rutgers yesterday. That was a head-scratcher for one of those head-scratching games that we experienced this weekend. Uh, then you got Penn at 18, um, Loyola at 17, and Boston uh, Youth, Boston University, um, who is sitting at top of the Patriot League right now, right there with Army. At 15 and 14, we have two big East teams with Denver and Georgetown, respectively. Jacksonville, who is just continuing this winning streak, albeit ugly, is at 13. Princeton, after a really dominating win, is at 12. And Chapel Hill holds course at 11. Going to our top 10, Nova fell down to number 10 for us after their loss to Brown. Rutgers fell to nine after their loss to Ohio State. Hopkins is creeping up at number eight. Penn State is at number seven. And Army somehow is our number six team this week. As you might have heard from Dryband's voice, he diverged from Boyd and I with Army, but we remain resolute and we support the troops. Moving on to the top five. Uh-huh. It's a familiar top five. It goes Duke, Cornell, Notre Dame after their loss, UVA after their win, and process of elimination. That's right. Maryland is back to number one from us since really the start of the year. Um, but really, those top three could probably be interchanged. So there you go. That's our top 20 for the week. Yeah, honestly, you can put any of those top three teams in any order. Um, probably just keep Notre Dame probably at that two to three spot considering their most recent loss. Um, but certainly some tough games for all these teams coming up this week. Uh, but before we get into that, we have another dog of the week. This week I took Richard Checo. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Defenseman from Lehigh. I mentioned him last week. Um, and this week he Lehigh played Georgetown. He had six ground balls and five turnovers. Unreal. Lord. A, a ridiculous ridiculous outing from a defenseman and he's been doing it all year like he's leading the he's leading the ncaa in cause turnovers per game and total cause turnovers 31 cause turnovers through eight games 3.88 cause turnovers per game almost four cause turnovers per game the guy is ridiculous um you watch him play and it's like seeing an over it's seeing it's, it's almost like he's over committing but then you see him swing his stick and he just puts it in the perfect place to take the ball away. Um, like it's like designed chaos. That's the best way I can describe it. He's been playing great all season. He just, he deserved a spot on this list way before this time. And that's just on me for not recognizing that sooner. Um, the, the dude's ridiculous. I'm sure we'll probably see him again sometime this year. Um, just from the way he's playing and based on the talent that, Lehigh has been playing this year. Um, you'll see him again, uh, but keep an eye on him. If you're a young defenseman, definitely go out and watch some of his highlights, watch some of his games, and take notes. The, the dude is ridiculous. 
Before we get into it, as always, we are going to let you know how we did this past week. There were 42 games. Uh, Mr. Voigt went 31 and 11. And Dryband and I tied once again at 33 and 9. Voigt is now at 215 and 87. I am 222 and 80. And Dryband retains that one game lead at 223 and 79. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Um, and yeah, let's just dive right into it. I think we got uh, we got a pretty interesting week full of conference matchups. Um, but I don't I didn't see myself uh, head like scratching my head or like confusing myself with many of these games. I think they're some of them are pretty self-explanatory, but there are certainly some marquee and interesting matchups to look out for. So with that, our first matchup, we have the Mercer Bears traveling to Kentucky to play the Bellarmine Knights. Uh, Bellarmine sitting at six and two, one and one, the A-Sun. Mercer's two and seven, one and two. Mercer lost to Jacksonville 18 to 15 and a surprising outing for the Bears. Um, but I'm going to go with Bellarmine here. They're the home team. They've had a lot. They have a lot of home field advantage this season. Um, I I just don't see how Mercer can beat this team. They're five and zero covering the spread. Five four and zero when they're money line favorites. Um, I like them here. Yeah, uh, Mercer definitely went above and beyond in that game against Jacksonville over the weekend. But Bellarmine has been impressive to me this entire season so i like the knights at home in this game i agree bellerman's been really one of the class of uh, the a sun and i think they really contested this championship so i like him here a lot at home good stuff and moving on we have another a sun matchup we actually have a couple of a sun matchups here on uh wednesday uh next up we have queens traveling to lindenwood the two former division two teams taking on uh, each other this week. Uh, I like Lindenwood here. They've stayed in close games to competitive teams. Um, this is also their first home game of the season and would certainly like to get their first uh, dub at um, in their home field. Don't get me wrong, though. Queens has played some tough teams, too, but this game just seems like it means more for the Lions. I agree, Void. I think um, Lindenwood has just played teams closer than Queens and I think they've played a little bit higher competition and so I just give them the edge here don't get me wrong Queens is a good is a good team as well I think both these teams have done what they've needed to do in their first year at D1 but I gotta go with the home team Lions here and I, and I think they get a win yeah you guys know I'm a sucker for home teams I'm gonna take Lindenwood also in this game all right moving moving right along here boys we have an um, the Utah Utes taking on Air Force this week. Uh, certainly an interesting matchup. Two of the top teams in the A-Sun currently record-wise. Um, it's going to be an interesting matchup because these two teams both have uh, short weeks uh, with the games, I think, uh, Wednesday and Saturday, I believe. Um, so it should be... Very physical, very uh, emotional game for both teams. Uh, yeah, the, ser- the series is tied two to piece. Uh, all the matchups have been one to two goal games. Um, but right now, I think Utah is surging, and they're hungry for a big win in their conference. Air Force hasn't impressed me since that Denver game, but it doesn't look like they want to drop a game at home. 
uh, just yet. They're undefeated at home, but I expect a close emotional game. But I think Utah comes out on top. Yeah, I this game, I'm taking Air Force. It's going to be a really good game. Utah, I think, definitely has something to prove still. I mean, their record of three and four, they probably don't want to have a record like that. Their marquee win of the season so far is a win against Marquette. And I, I, I'm hesitant to pick them in an away game because they are currently one in three in away games. And the only away win they have is at Detroit Mercy. So I'm not going to chalk that up too much to great away day performance. Um, and Air Force has just played phenomenally at home. I mean, they're undefeated at home so far this year. So I, I think Air Force is going to get them on this in a really, really good ace on this. Is, these are probably going to be the two and three seeds in this conference, I feel like, um, after Jacksonville. And this game's going to kind of determine who sits where, in my opinion. So it'll so be a really competitive ace on conference matchup, but I've, I'm going to give the tip of the hat to the uh, to Air Force on this. Yep, totally agree. It's a um, it is a pretty much a preview of an A Sun playoff game. Um, every iteration of this rivalry, if you want to call it a West Coast rivalry, has been close. Last year, the Academy won ten to eight on the road. I think Utah has rebounded somewhat from their rough start to the year, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Dryban. I think Air Force has played the higher caliber schedule. They've played um, a little bit tougher opponents on the road as well. And I, I, I think they're still the team in many ways that beat Denver. So I got to go with them here. But I think this is a very, very close game. And I think whoever wins this might be at a disadvantage for when these teams meet again later in the year. So, Absolutely. The, the second matchup uh, definitely comes into play here. Um, and yeah, Air Force is 4-0 at home this season. But Utah is also 6-0 covering the spread when they're favorites or against the spread as well. So... You know, if you're a betting man, uh, you're, you're much bolder than I am if you uh, decide to throw some cash at this at this game. But next up, we have Jacksonville taking on uh, our sweethearts, the Cleveland State Vikings. Um, Jacksonville, seven straight wins. Um, Wallbaum is now tied for second in points on the team. Um Cleveland State fell to Bobby Moe. Um, Walbaum, he certainly been, made a difference since his return. Um, I love Cleveland, Cleveland State, don't get me wrong, but I don't know if they're ready to take down this healthy Jacksonville team. Total agreement for me. I think Cleveland State probably makes this more of a game, almost like Mercer did on the road for Jacksonville. Um, but yeah, Jacksonville should outclass them and uh, move right along with their conference play. Also, quick side note, Jacksonville's RPI, it might have been Quint Kesnick that mentioned this, like, it's, it's, it is god-awful. Like, it is high 40s or something. Like, they need the conference bid so bad. Absolutely. Yeah, that's because Jacksonville has not played anybody. And, I, I mean, yeah, they're going to win this game. Jacksonville's going to win. Sorry, Cleveland State. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Wagner. On the road to LIU in some midweek maction. Wagner did me dirty last week. I took them. They failed me. I'm not taking them this week. I'm going to take LIU at home here. 
I've been a little iffy on LIU all year, but I think they've definitely gotten better over the last month, and I'm going to reward them that with my pick here. Yeah, certainly a conference win here benefits uh, the winner of this one. Um, It's very hard to see who the clear-cut favorite is considering LIU's um, poor performance this year. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Sharks as well. LIU's been looking pretty sharp. And guess what? They're our fun team of the week after their outing against Siena on uh, Saturday. And I watched three-fourths of that game, and they looked fun. I mean, they went down, I think, by a couple goals in that first quarter. Um, And I think they might have been down at halftime. But they owned that second half of that game. They looked like a completely different team. They were just having fun out there, a couple backhand goals. Uh, I like them at home a lot in this game, especially, I think, any kind of maxion that we have going forward home team has a distinct advantage no matter who you are or who you're playing against. So I like LIU in this matchup. Good news, Dryban. We follow that up with another Mac game. Oh, with yeah. Manhattan on the road to Quinnipiac. This is probably a higher echelon Mac game to playoff teams in our likelihood. Um, last year, Manhattan beat Quinnipiac actually for the first time in program history. Um Quinnipiac, I think they've shown to be a contender in the MAC for sure. Um, but Manhattan, you would think the Jaspers are still the class of the league. They're three and zero right now. Certainly could be a preview of uh, the MAC championship in this one, or at least a semifinal game. Clearly, Quinnipiac's got a high-powered offense. Manhattan's got a high-powered defense. You know, which one wins out here would be very interesting. I think the game is great. But I'm going to go with Manhattan. I think they are just a little bit better than everyone else in the MAC, and I think they neutralize Quinnipiac. Um, so yeah, I like the Jaspers here. Yeah, I I agree with you, Glazer. I'm going to pick Manhattan too. I I know I'm going against my MAC teams at home have a distinct advantage that I just said, but this game I, I think Manhattan's clear cut, just in a kind of a different league than everybody else in uh, the MAC this year. So. I have them winning this game. Yeah, I got Manhattan as well. I mean, they're uh, before they updated the stats to uh, this week, they were the number one defense in scoring um, going into the weekend. Now they're a number two right behind the Army. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Manhattan, but I'm also just concerned about their goal scoring um, because Quinnipiac, they're, they're averaging almost 13 goals a game. Um, and Manhattan, they've had a few games where they've only – made it to single digits but i like the jaspers here i think their defense steps up another maxion game we've got sienna going to canisius and like i said i'm all about home field advantage and sienna's offense has been lacking as of late so i'm going to surprise myself a little bit i'm going to take canisius at home in this game I mean, I think a good pick, right? Canisius has certainly been better. I mean, look, boys, like three weeks ago, we were saying, oh, Canisius is like literally leading the struggle bus. And what have they done? They have two straight wins and they're scoring like high teens goals. So I don't know what the Golden Griffins are doing, but clearly it's working, but it's not working enough for me. I'm going to take Sienna. I actually was pretty pleased at how they played against LIU. I think they had every right to win that game. And I think they come out in this game a little chippy. I think Siena is probably just a little bit better than Canisius, though I do worry about it on the road. But yeah, I got to go with the Saints. Got to go with the Saints. Listen, yeah, you can go either way in this one. 
but I really like Canisius this week. I feel like they're just playing with like a why not us attitude um, the last few weeks and the last few games. Um, like we said earlier, they've rattled off a couple of wins in a row. Um, and, you know, they're certainly looking to make some more noise. I'm going to go with the Golden Griffins here. I think they got some momentum and they're going to throw the kitchen sink at these Siena Saints. You asked for it. We delivered. That's right. Another Mac Wednesday matchup. And this one. You already when know does what it I'm stop? <laughs> we got St. Mary's on the road to my boys, the VMI Keydets. They're almost like Loyola for me. It's a given. I'm taking VMI. I love them at home. I do not like St. Mary's on the road. Give me the Cadets in a convincing win here. And when I say convincing, I mean like three goals. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. You gotta take, take a chill pill on VMI here, buddy. <laughs> All right, you gotta take a chill pill on VMI. Uh, they are just, yeah, they've gotten some wins. Two of their wins, or no, I'm sorry, three of their four wins this year are against Hampton, Queens, and Detroit Mercy. Doesn't right. matter. Doesn't matter. Let's take three a back seat on putting them so far ahead of everybody else. Yeah, they had a decent win against Siena, but like I said, their offense is shellacking, and they were riding their defense the part beginning part of the season, and VMI just got clapped and i mean clapped by a winless sacred heart team this past weekend they got quadrupled on quadrupled so i'm sticking with the mount again the mount is on a 2-0 game win streak in the mac they're going to continue this momentum and try to make a push in this conference playoffs. so i like the mount on the road in this game I, I have nothing to add to that wonderful defense um that was a master class drive and yeah i got Thank mount you. here Wow, I'll take that win. Let's go, VMI. All right, next up, we've got Bobby Moe traveling to Detroit Mercy. Detroit Mercy is the new driver of the struggle bus. I'm taking Bobby Moe. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bobby Moe may be a fraud, according to Dry Band, but they are not losing to the Titans of Detroit Mercy. Yeah, yeah, I got Bobby Moe here. Um, very convincingly. Our Wednesday cap is, of course, our final MAC matchup of the day. And we conclude with Sacred Heart on the road to Marist. Sacred Heart kind of pissed me off by beating VMI. It did not sit well with me, but good for them. We've been saying for a month they've deserved a win, and I'm happy they got it. Um, I do not think they beat Marist. Again, I'm going to harped dry bands home field advantage here i think marist is kind of helped out by not traveling and i think sienna i'm sorry i think sacred heart goes back to their losing ways yeah uh sacred heart has not scored more than well they've only scored more than 10 goals once on the road this year so far uh i don't think they're gonna get it done against marist it was a great win against vmi but when they're not at home, I guess. I mean, they've only played two home games so far. So almost all of them. But they just look bad on the road. So I'm, I'm going to stick with the Foxes on this game. I'm going to follow suit and take the Red Foxes as well. I don't got much to add nor subtract. Alrighty. Fast forward to Friday. And we have what could be another phenomenal ACC matchup. We have number five Duke Blue Devils traveling to number two Virginia. 
this is going to be a great matchup. These teams have strengths that are going to be matched across the board. Both have phenomenal face-off guys, LaSala for UVA and Neso for Duke, and they both have really good goalies. It's going to come down to Schellenberger and O'Neill, and they need to have a career day and put that offense on their back and will their team to a win. Just like Schellenberger did against Notre Dame, dropping seven points in that game against a really good Notre Dame defense. And to be quite frank, I'm not completely convinced this Duke team deserves to be in the upper echelon of teams and considered a part of that group with Notre Dame, Virginia, and Maryland. They have a chance to prove it to me this weekend, but, you know, that being said, Virginia at home, I, I don't think I would pick any other team against them right now. And Duke is no different. So in this game, go Wahoos. Yeah, I'm with you there, Dryden. I'm just not con- I'm not totally convinced on this Duke team. Yes, they're very talented across the board when you look at, you know, the teams that they've played and the way they've beaten some of these teams. Um, they played plenty of great competition, but yeah, just not convinced that they can hang with these top three teams. And this is really their this is their first and uh, this is their first test uh, for when, you know, before they have to go and play Notre Dame. But I really loved how UVA played defense against Notre Dame and that high scoring offense with the Kavanaugh's. Um, I think they only let the the Kavanaugh brothers to maybe four goals, I want to say. I, I want to say that's right, but I could be wrong. But it was below five. Um, their defense played great. And, you know, they got like six, four, six, seven guys on defense. That's what uh, whoever was, I forget who was announcing that game this weekend, but they called it Jurassic Park for, they called that defense Jurassic Park for how tall they are and how lengthy they are. And I think they stay with uh, Dyson and uh, Brennan O'Neill this week. I got UVA and I think they win by maybe two or three goals. Interesting stat I heard about this game and I want to credit um, Nick Osello and Terry Foy on their tailgate podcast, I think is where they I, I heard it this morning. Virginia has not beaten Duke in an ACC regular season matchup in in literally years, literally years. And I like, I guess, didn't register that. But Duke has owned this matchup in the regular season. It's only when UVA plays Duke in the postseason where they get their wins. Very, very shocking. And I had to look back and remember that Duke smoked Virginia last year in this game. I think it was 17 to 8. Um so that's making me really, really, really tempted to take Duke here. Um, and I, I I still might. This might be one of my I have to wait and see how the week goes. I'm going to take Virginia for now. I think that home field advantage is big for them here. If it was on the road, I would unequivocally be taking the Blue Devils. But I, I agree with you guys. I, I think Duke just hasn't shown me enough consistently for me to take them in this matchup but depending upon how the week goes i I might switch it so i'm going to say virginia now but definitely definitely duke is in the realm of possibility here oh yeah most certainly um but also something to point out as well duke had a very physical game against the hawks this past weekend uh nasau got hit pretty hard uh one of their defensemen went down too so they definitely got to uh they got to hit the training room this week and just get healthy for this game because this should be a very physical game as well, considering how UVA rides um, and just plays 
lacrosse. It just plays the sport overall. But moving on, uh, our next matchup is a Patriot League matchup. We have our number 16 team, Boston University Terriers, taking on Navy. I think this is an easy one, boys. I got BU. Um, Seven straight wins. Um, Navy had their first win against Holy Cross this weekend since February 11th. Brutal. Not a great, not a great stat from the midshipmen, and they're taking on the one of the top two teams in the Patriot League this week. I don't think they have a chance here. Yeah, Uh, Boston's increasing that win streak to eight after this weekend. Go Terriers. I agree. BU going to make some noise in the playoffs, I think, again this year. Maybe uh, win the Patriot again. Who knows? Um, but definitely trending in the right direction. I like them here. Is My like for them here has more to do with my general dislike for how Navy's played this year. So, go Terriers. Good stuff. Now, we have uh, both of these teams, their second game. In three days, uh, number 13, Jacksonville is taking on Utah. It's going to be a lot of traveling for Jacksonville. They got to go up to Cleveland State and then they got to fly over to Utah um, the next morning. Um, so definitely something to take into account when you're picking this game. Both are probably going to have some tough, hard fought physical games, but I'm going to take Jacksonville here. Um, I think the their, I think their game against Cleveland State is going to be a little bit more of a runaway than the Utah Air Force game, um, which I think will be just as chippy, just as physical. So I'm going to take Jacksonville here. Um, Tentatively, though, um, waiting to see how Utah performs against Air Force. Yeah, boy, you make a good point. This is a potential to be a huge trap game for the Dolphins just for how much traveling they have to do. These teams have played three or prior times, and it's one of those situations where every time the away team has won the matchup, which is Again, crazy given just how long of a plane ride it is for both to get to one to, to each other. I I think Jacksonville avenges the loss to Utah last year, which was a 16-10 scoreline. Um, I think they're pissed because that really shut the door on their at-large chances from last year. Um, so I think Jacksonville gets their revenge on the road. But again, this is round one. These teams will probably play again in the semis or in the championship. So another really cool ASUN matchup. But I like the Dolphins. It's really tempting to take Utah in this game. But like I said earlier, they haven't given me too much this year yet. So as much as I hate to say it, I'm going to take Jacksonville again. But this is one of two, I'll say it, real teams Jacksonville has to play the rest of the season the other being Air Force. So it'll be very interesting to see how they match up against a team that is definitely better than most teams they've played so far. We are now at the weekend with our Saturday, massive Saturday slate. And what a better place to start than back to the Mac. That's right. We have VMI going back up north to take on Canisius. Boys, you already know who I'm taking here. That's right. Canisius. I'm so sorry, VMI. I, I just can't do it. I, I wanted to take you so bad, but you played so poorly on the road that while I love you at home, I, I can't go with you on the road. Double that with Canisius is playing better. So it pains me to go against the cadets, but I think the smart, wise pick is to, is to take Canisius at home. 
What's wrong? You you really don't want to pick VMI? Buddy? I might switch it. I might switch it. Let's see how that thing goes. That's like free money it. for Voight and I to play with right there on that. Yeah, I am also taking Asia's in this game. Do it. We'll, we'll, I will do it depending upon how Wednesday goes. I'll leave it at that. All right, all right. I'll hold you to that. I'll text you. Um, yeah, I got Kanisha's here. Um, yeah, you said it. Glazer, VMI doesn't perform well on the road. All righty. We've got some CAA play now. Moving on to Hofstra traveling to Monmouth. Oh, boy. Hofstra is a shell of what this team used to be this year, and Mammoth looks pretty solid for me. I'm I'm going to take the Hawks at home in this game. Yeah, I got the Hawks as well. They they're they've had three straight losses, but you know they can compete with uh, a lot of these teams in the CAA, um, and I think they pick up their first win in the conference. I'm going to take the Hawks as well, but I think Hofstra, like pretty much all their other games, keeps it close. Wouldn't be surprised if they pull out a close win, but yeah, I just. I like Mammoth here at home. I do. Yeah, good stuff. Um, next up, we have Robert Morris taking on Mercer this week. Uh, interesting matchup considering how Mercer performed against Jacksonville this past weekend. But I'm going to take Bobby Moe here again. I think they're just the better team. They find ways to win uh, in conference games. I like them here. Yeah, I agree, Voight. It's interesting with how Mercer played against Jacksonville, but I'm not going to put too much credit in one game that they didn't even win technically. Well, not technically. They did not win this game. They just played really well on it. So I'm going to go Bobby Moe in this ace on matchup. Bobby Moe continues to claw out of fraudulent territory with another win here. Take the Colonials. They're not clawing out of it. They are frauds. Next up, we've got Binghamton traveling to UMass Lowell in some America East play. Uh, oh, Binghamton outdid themselves again this week by going down to the wire against NJIT. And right when I thought I had them pegged as like a good team, finally, they do that. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I still like them more than UMass Lowell, even on the road. I've got the Bearcats in this matchup. Yeah, this... This is just a weird, another weird game for Binghamton. Um, I'm going to take the Bearcats as well, but I'm I'm not confident in them. They're top team in their conference, but they just perform weird. Like it's it's just confusing. It's mind boggling. Depending upon how this game goes, Binghamton might be our fun team of the week to watch because you have no idea what Binghamton team is going to show up, and in that sense, it's incredibly interesting. Maybe this is close. Maybe it's a blowout. Who knows? That's why Binghamton goads you into watching them. It's always unpredictable. But yeah, I'm going to take the Bearcats here. I think they win, and I think this is a convincing win. All right, next up we have Air Force taking on Cleveland State and another interesting ASUN matchup. Certainly a preview of what we could see in the ASUN tournament. Um, in a first round game, I would say, um, I got air force here. Um, you know, they've shown that they can beat teams like Cleveland state and, you know, Cleveland state, they can hang around. They can be fun to watch. Um, but I, I don't know. I think air force is just a better team here. Definitely agree. Void. Cleveland state didn't do as well against Bobby Mill that I thought they would. And air force has been 
very solid this season. Honestly, surprising me with how well they've been. So I like the Falcons on the road. I agree. Support the troops, part two. Go with the academy. Well, here's another academy plan. We're moving to the Patriot League, and we've got Bucknell visiting our number six team, the Army Black Knights. Army is going to win. Oh, is that the number sixth ranked Army drive-in? I, I think it is. That's right. Boyd and I know this Army team is legit. No problem with Bucknell. Maybe they move to five. Who knows? Oh, no. Come on. All right. No matter what number you put in front of Army, they're beating Bucknell. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's the season of the Black Knights. They're they're going to be a top team in the Patriot League, and they're sticking around. Um I'm, they're they're going to handle the, bi- the bison this week. Next up, we have our number fourth ranked Cornell Big Red hosting my 20th team in the land. That's right. The Dartmouth Big Green. What a absolute program defining win for Darty. They had gone 35 straight games losing Ivy League regular play. 35. That's, That's brutal. Incredible. That is That's so incredible. That's and they win in an absolute miserable New Hampshire snow slush storm on a freaking hockey goal where the ball's in front of the crease. What a way for Dartmouth to win. I think they do get another Ivy League win this year, but it will not be against Cornell. Um, Cornell showed real class in beating Penn, and I think they keep the things Good things up in Ithaca moving right along. Um, so pulls at my heartstrings, but I'm going to go with Cornell here. Yeah, big props to Dartmouth. Um, that's got to mean a lot. And, you know, they're certainly hungry for more. So, you know, don't don't expect them to come into this game flat-footed. They are looking for red, and they got a big red team right in front of them. Um, I got Cornell here, but, you know, I think Dartmouth's going to take it to them. I really do. Yeah, I've got Cornell in this game. And just to give some easy maths for all you guys out there, I know Glazer said it's been 35 Ivy League games. Their last win was in 2015. We'll make that into years to make it a little bit easier to understand and digest. 2015, it's been eight years since Dartmouth had a conference win. And guess who that was against? Also Harvard. So go Big Red in this matchup, though. Next you up. You said 2016 or 2018? 2015. Eight years. 2015. We were we were freshmen and sophomores at that point. Yep. It's been a long time. It's been a very, very that, long time. Children have been born and lived their entire early childhood and grown up and are now like almost hitting preteen years. That's how long it's been since Dartmouth has had a conference win. Good for them. Props props to them. <laughs> Next up, we've got Hampton traveling to Delaware Blue Hens in a CAA matchup. Delaware is going to win this game. Delaware is going to win this game. Yeah, I have the blue hands. <laughs> we have a Big East showdown for us next. 15th ranked Denver going to the Swamp for 14th ranked Georgetown. Interestingly, Denver had a bye week this past week, so they've had uh, really two weeks to get ready for this game. Georgetown coming off a really really tough game against Lehigh, which they very easily could have lost. This has got some history to it in that Denver has dropped three straight to George to Georgetown. 
And it was during these past three years where Georgetown has really taken the Big East throne from Denver. Um, really, this game for me is totally reversed expectations. Georgetown has significantly underdelivered, And I think at least for me, the Pioneers have significantly over-delivered from what I thought they would be. And in that sense, this game is a total toss-up because Georgetown is still playing close games. But I'm going to go with the home team. I think the Hoyas impressed me against Lehigh and just how they were able to get through that game, fight after going down a couple and win by a couple. They've shown that for me to the past month with the Richmond game and otherwise, like they're just finding ways to win. And I think they keep it going against Denver, but Denver could show up and, and make another statement win and move up the top 20. But yeah, I'm going to go with the Hoyas. Absolutely. For this game, for both teams, is probably the most important game of the season. Um, you know, yeah, I you said it very well. Um, Georgetown, they've kind of under underperformed expectations, whereas Denver, you know, they're starting to hit a stride uh, now. Um, yeah, they just they dropped a game to Yale, but they kept that game fairly close. Um, and you know, I like Denver here. I'm going to take Denver. Georgetown, good win against Lehigh, but you also let Lehigh score 15 goals. You just scored. You just happened to score 17. Um, and you were playing one of the best defensemen in the country as well. I think Denver's got some solid guys on defense who can play very physical. They don't let you um, let you run into the middle of the middle of the field uh, very often. So they're going to be pretty physical. They're going to get in your hands. Uh, they're going to play great team defense. Um, and I think Noah Manning and the rest of this uh, Denver attack are going to make some uh, make some noise here because uh, I think this game is a little bit more important to them than it is Georgetown. This is going to be a really good game. Uh, this Big East Conference is completely blown open and up for grabs by any team. Um, it's been back and forth. We all thought Georgetown had locks on it at the beginning of the season, and then it kind of looked like Villanova might have had locks on it for a little bit. But, oh, no. After that Brown loss, Villanova definitely has holes on that team. And Georgetown, Denver, and Villanova all have a right to go for that throne. And even Marquette might slip in there and make a little bit of fun in that tournament. So uh, this is going to be a great game. Every single conference win matters a lot now and i'm gonna go georgetown i'm gonna side with glazer on this picking denver though like it's just there's pros and cons to each team in this game denver has had so long and so much rest they haven't played since march 19th it's going to be about a two-week break in between this game and their last game against ohio state but georgetown's at home and Denver is one in three on the road and three and oh at home. So they clearly have a distinct disadvantage on the road, this Denver team. And Georgetown's on a four and oh win streak right now. So uh, I can see it going both ways. And the thing that makes me definitely want to pick Georgetown is we got some very good advice from a very trusted coach of ours this week that we should be higher on Georgetown as a whole. And I will take that advice to heart, and I'm going to pick the Hoyas in this game against Denver. Well, inside information from Coach Shriver. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Next up, we have another A yeah, A Sun matchup. Detroit Mercy on the road to Queens. It's kind of a tough game in that you I don't know <laughs> what way it's gonna go. Um I sided with Queens pretty much because of their home. I don't know what else to say about this. It could be a really entertaining game to watch. I might throw it on. Wouldn't be surprised if Detroit Mercy won, but like, who knows, man? Yeah, I I fully expect these teams to have a combined one win out of the two of them by the time this game happens, and that will be Queen's win over Hampton. So I'm on the same boat as Glazer. I am picking Queens solely because they're at home. I I think this is Denver's first win of the season. Um, yeah, they're going to have a tough game against Bobby Moe. They're going to be looking for their first conference win. Um, I think this is where they take it here. Detroit Mercy has a new fan, and his name is Garrett Voigt. I love it. You gotta always root for the underdogs, man. Well, not not in this case. They are. They. I don't know. We don't know who the underdog is. In the I don't know <laughs> who is an underdog in this game. <laughs> All right. Next up, we're going back to some CAA action. We've got Drexel traveling to Fairfield. Drexel's looking pretty good this year, and they've got some really good goalie play from Blumenthal. And the guy at their faceoff X, Justin Joseph, has been playing really well too. Uh. I do like this Fairfield side a lot, but I don't think it's their time to shine just yet. They're still a young team. Uh, I think they'll be a much bigger threat next year in conference, but not this one. I I like the Dragons on the road in this game. Yeah, certainly. I was su- pleasantly surprised by Jackson, by Drexel's record. They're five and three, two and zero oh in in the CAA. They're sitting right now for that top spot. Uh, tied with Delaware and Stony Brook. Um, Fairfield, they they can play tough. Um, they've had a tough go um, over the last like five or six games, only to, only beating Hofstra in that twelve to eleven matchup. Um, yeah, I I think all signs right now just point to Drexel here. Um, they know where they sit at the standings, and they're looking to uh, keep improving. So I like the Dragons here. Fairfield has lost five straight to Drexel. Uh, last year was by far the closest of those games. The final was 19 to 18. I was really inclined to stick, take the stags here. I, I think they've kind of shown promise throughout the year. Drexel, however, I think makes it six straight. I just think, like you guys have been saying, the Dragons' overall body of work is just of a little higher quality. I think they've won some closer games, whereas Fairfield has maybe lost them. And I think they win another very high-scoring one and probably another one-goal game. So maybe a 18-17, 2019-like thing. So an exciting CAA game for sure. All righty. Moving up to some Atlantic 10 action this weekend. We've got St. Bonaventure traveling to Hobart. Oh, Bonnies are in a rut, and they miss Brett Dobson like crazy. Hobart is going to open up A-10 play with a conference win at home. Exciting. A-10 is the last conference to get going this year with conference play. I do not think St. Bonaventure complicates that conference at all. Hobart should win this one pretty comfortably. 
Agreed. Yeah, I got the statesman here. Next up, we have LIU on the road to Sacred Heart. It's their second MAC game of the week. I'm going to take LIU here. Um, again, I think all these MAC games, we probably reserve the right to like switch our picks after Wednesday, just because so much random crap can happen. So maybe I'll like Sacred Heart on Thursday morning as opposed to LIU. But if you ask me today, I'm going to take LIU. I just trust them a little bit more. So that's where I stand. Yeah, I'm I'm with you too. I I I trust that's where my heart is right now. I just trust LIU more. I've been harping on it that Sacred Heart has been, you know, needing a win uh, all season, and they got it this weekend against VMI. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna take LIU here. But yeah, I'm tentative because of those Wednesday games. Uh, I want to see how those pan out and see what the vibe is like come like Friday, Saturday morning. Yeah, this one for me. Right now, I have Sacred Hard picked, and that is solely because home field advantage. And just to remind everybody, this is Sacred Heart's third home game of the year after their beating of VMI. So right now, I have Sacred Hard picked because they've got home field advantage. But like both of these guys, uh, there's a lot of MAC action still to be played before these games happen. <laughs> so I, I may might you know switch it up and. You guys won't find out until next week, but as of right now, I'm sticking with the Pioneers at home. All righty, moving on to another MAC game. We have Marist taking on Manhattan here. Um, yeah, I think you just got another instance here where Manhattan is clearly the better team, so you'd be uh, behooved to not take the Jaspers here. Yeah, I... Manhattan's at home and they're just top of the Mac. Like I said earlier, I'm picking the Jaspers. I feel behooved by Voight. I am moved to take the Jaspers. They're just better than Marist. I think they're pretty good. All right, moving on to another Big East matchup. We've got Marquette Golden Eagles traveling to Providence Friars. And Marquette is a confusing team that I am not really fully convinced that they're like a solid squad yet. I I don't really know how they lost to Bellarmine right before they upset Penn State. And then the immediate game after that, they beat St. Bonaventure by a scoreline of nine to five. It just like the numbers don't add up to me. And looking at their box scores and their stats, Alierian goal for Marquette is a really, really streaky goalie. But when he's on, he like could be in contention for All-American. He has three games above 70%. But when he's off, he's terrible. And he has four games at 45% or under this year. They also own the face-off dot, though. They have three guys who have all taken 35 or more face-offs, and they're all over 50% for Marquette, which is crazy. So, like, there's just stats all across the board that are like, oh, you really want to like them, but then, oh, you really don't want to like them. And uh, I don't know, but they're not too confusing for me to not pick them over a Providence team that I think is, you know, they're good, but I don't think they're going to get a Big East win against this Marquette squad. But Providence is our dark horse pick of the week 
So they very well could. But for the actual picks, I'm taking Marquette on the road. Yeah, it's just a tough one because Providence as a dark horse, I think, is a great dark horse. And Providence might be the most reasonable dark horse we've had of the year. I'm trying to think back to all of them, but like probably has one of the better chances of winning as a dark horse than most. However, Marquette is on a two-year win streak against the Friars, but that's kind of negated because Providence had won the two prior before that. So the series is split 2-2 over the past four years. Marquette looks legit at times. They beat Michigan. They beat, beat Penn State. Like There was a reason they were in my top 20 when they beat Penn State because they had a good resume. It's just tough. Bobby Benson's team, those boys will fight. Friartown will fight. I think Providence makes this one hell of a game, but I just think Marquette is a little bit just more mature and classed in the Big East. And I think if Marquette wants to make the Big East tournament, they need this win. So I think they get it. Yeah, it's it's a confusing one. Providence, I feel like they could pull out a win in this game, certainly. That's why we have them as our dark horse. Um, and they've certainly stayed in games uh, to teams that are similar to Marquette in, in a way, I guess you could say. You know, they had a close loss against Hobart, close win against Stony Brook, um, big win against Fairfield, too. And, um, you know, they stuck around with Brown. It was 13, the, the final score of that game was 13 to 7, and Bryant was 15 to 14. So they can certainly compete with uh, some of the better teams um, in the NCAA. Marquette, though, I think they got some juice going. Um, you know, they rattle off their second straight win. They beat Penn State. They beat St. Bonaventure in a very low-scoring game, which is sort of concerning. But, you know, they can they show up in, in road games. I think uh, they, they lost their first two road games to Utah and Notre Dame, went out and beat Michigan, Detroit Mercy, and then Penn State. Um, so I like Marquette here. I think they got some juice going, and – you know, they like playing on the road now. Next up, we have Quinnipiac traveling down to Emmitsburg to take on the Mount. I think this is probably a more comfortable win for Quinnipiac. I just don't think this is a good matchup game for St. Mary's. I think Quinnipiac's offense um, just probably has a field day, much like they did during UMass Lowell. Uh, I think St. Mary's is under-delivered a little bit for me. I'm not saying I thought they were going to be a top-20 team this year, but I thought they were going to be better than they are. So I like the Bobcats here to get another win in the MAC column. I like Quinnipiac here. Um, they, their offense is just more productive. Um, I mean, I'm not sold on St. Mary's defense. Um, I think, uh, yeah, you got to go with the Bobcats here. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I'm picking Quinnipiac. They're one of two teams that are above 500 in the MAC right now, the other being Manhattan. I'm, I'm going to take the Bobcats. Next up, we have an Ivy League showdown with newly unranked Yale taking on holding by a thread-ranked 18th Penn Quakers. I think for me, Yale was still ranked before Brown beat Villanova. Um, but like, if you look at Yale the past two weeks, it has been awful and just dismantling awful, like the defense, the offense, nothing is going right for Yale. And they just got 
embarrassed by what a two or three win Princeton team like not a good look for Andy Shea and his crew especially with expectations to be fighting for that Ivy League crown don't get me wrong they definitely still can and they could be uh, right on their way with a win here against Penn but I have to go with Penn I think they played Cornell pretty well and honestly like I think Penn, right around the time when we were saying Penn looks really bad, they're making a lot of mistakes, they're they're starting to get a little bit better. For Furthermore, I think the Penn offense just kind of has their way with the Yale defense. Like Yale just hasn't shown me a reason to not think that they're going to get scored on more than 12 times. So I like Penn here, I do, but I will say one thing. The Ivy League this year has shown me that whenever you think an Ivy League team is down and out, is probably when they win. Case in point, Princeton last week. So Yale might not be a bad pick this week to have a resurgent game. However, I just like what I'm seeing from Princeton more, and I think it's coming together. Sorry, Penn. I think you meant Penn. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take Penn in this game too. Yale, it was just... I don't know what's happening right now in the last two games. I mean, they they have a negative 23-point differential in Ivy League matchups right now through two games. <laughs> two games. I, their defense, like, I guess it just wanted to stop playing after they played Denver. I don't really know what happened, and how it got so out of hand so poorly. And honestly, the Cornell and the Princeton game were almost identical where that final scoreline doesn't really like give the game justice because Cornell and Princeton were up like 17 to five at one point on them. And then they just like kind of put their backups in and Yale scored a couple goals at the end, like the second half of the fourth quarter and made it look a little bit closer than it really was. And Penn did a good job against Cornell. They were able to tie that game up a couple times, and they made me a little concerned that they were going to pull off the win. Thank God they didn't, because I would have rioted if they beat Cornell. But I, I, as much as I dislike Penn as a team this year, they are still good enough, and they have been consistently right around that weird level of, ah, they're good, but they're not good. And they always bring teams to around the same level that they're at, whether they drag them up or drag them down. And Penn is going to be better at winning a close game than Yale is, I think. As we've seen so many times, Hanley already has two overtime goals in the last four games against St. Joe's and Princeton. So, like, yeah, I got to take Penn at home. Yes, this matchup is certainly uh, – it, it's a battle of very bad Ivy League teams right now. Um, Penn and Yale, it's going to come down to their defenses. I think both of them are – like, I, I, I think head cases is too strong at this point because they have improved since uh, the beginning of the season but they still have some holes on either side. Um, you know, Penn different from Yale in the sense that, you know, they like to switch BJ Farrar 
from close to short stake D midi. Um, and Yale, I, I've seen them switch out some close guys from here and here and there trying to figure out, you know, which guys are going to be playing. Um, so, yeah, it's really just going to come down to defense here. But I think uh, Yale comes out with a plan. I think they're tired of letting up 20, goal, 20 goals to Cornell and Princeton. Um, and Penn, they, they haven't impressed me um, as of late. Uh, See, they're three and four, one and one, lost to Cornell this weekend, beat Princeton nine to eight, lost to Villanova nine to eight. So the production has certainly gone down since the beginning of the year on the offensive side, but they've stayed in games. Um, but I like Yale, Yale here. I think this means more to them um, for the rest of their season. And, you know, this feels like a, a season on the line type of game for the Bulldogs. So. It's hard to pick against Matt and, you know, the state uh, and this kind of stage for him and Lions and the rest of the Bulldogs. I think this is a season on the line type of game period for both of these teams. Yeah, so really. Just is. to add yeah. on to that yeah. comment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, three and five is not a record that you want to have anyway. Anyway, you cut it for Penn, too. And then the field was just their three and four. So. Because then at that point, you also have to think about the fact that you can't get into the tournament if you're not at 500 or above either. So, like, that comes into play, yeah. which is huge. But My so moving on. Teams. Oh. <laughs> Double bid conference? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see All it right. cause chaos. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. They would play each other for the play-in game. <laughs> <laughs> Rematch of the championship game. Oh, Lord. So now we've got Towson traveling to Stony Brook in a CAA matchup. This game, I think, is going to be all about the fact that, in my opinion, Stony Brook's offense will outpace Towson's. And that's why I'm going to take the Seawolves at home in this matchup. Stony Brook is averaging 15.25 goals per game in their last four compared to Towson averaging only nine and a half goals per game in their last four. I think... The Stony Brook team is a really solid one that's going to go far in the CAA conference playoffs. And I think they make a statement by beating Towson, who's apparently a very good team in this conference. So I like Stony Brook at home. Yeah, I got the Seawolves here as well. Um, Towson, they just, again, one of those teams that just hasn't impressed me this season. Um, and, you know, it gets tougher to watch their offense um, and the production that they have every every week. Um, and, yeah, I think Stony Brook, they just bring the pace and bring the firepower here. Beating Fairfield was a huge, huge win for Towson just to be able to get a win, especially in the CAA play after losing to Drexel. And so, really, it made me kind of almost want to take Towson here just because of how historically well they've done in their conference, regardless of at a conference play. But I, I don't like them away from Johnny, Johnny United Stadium. I don't think they play the same way. And I think Stony Brook is, is just too good um, and too good at home to, to, to lose to Towson. So I'm, I'm also going to go with the Seawolves. All right, we've got our next game in Atlantic 10 action. We've got High Point traveling up north to UMass. I'm going to take the minute men at home in this game. Uh, main reasons being that High Point's defense has only held opponents to under 10 goals three times this season. And those opponents were Detroit Mercy, Hampton, and Queens. 
we all know 10 is UMass defense's super special number that they never let anybody go over <laughs> except for Yale. And I really don't think high points defense is good enough to hold UMass to under 10. So I think that UMass's offense is going to outpace high points against UMass's very good defensive unit. So I, like I, don't, know if, at home. I don't know if UMass's offense can outpace anything, but yeah, I think slowly get... it's like a tortoise. Meaning yeah. a, another tortoise. Yeah, I, I, I like UMass here. Um, I think UMass probably deserves another look at the top 20, um, just based off on their season and their overall body work. And that win against Army looks better and better week by week. Um, total dichotomy of teams here. High Point, one of the most prolific scoring teams in the country. Obviously, like Drive said, UMass's defense is probably ranks among the highest. But yeah, I, I, I think for a high point to travel this far north, you know, playing in Amherst is clearly meaningful to the Gorillas. And uh, yeah, I, I think UMass's offense in their own way is starting to come together. And, you know, I think their game against Brown was the perfect example of what the blueprint for UMass to win. Defense does enough and the offense does enough where they both come together and they have a victory. I like this team. I like their goalie. And I think they get a very nice conference win in this one. So, yeah, like the Minutemen. I'm going to go on the other side here. I'm going to take the Panthers. Um, and sorry, I just heard my neighbors uh, fall into the wall. Um, apologies. Um, but, yeah, I like High Point here. Um, Interesting. You know, UMass, I feel like they're very they're very up and down. Like, Dryban and I playing for BL, like our senior year, our, our head coach, Coach Farrell, used to always tell, tell us, don't be too high, don't be too low. And I think UMass ha- has that problem of, you know, overcommitting to overcommitting or overplaying their boundaries or playing down to some of their competition. I think High Point, you know, steps up. I think they have a very high productive offense, and I think they find ways to get uh, shots past this UMass goalie. Um, they're de- it's going to be a tough-fought matchup with that UMass defense and the High Point offense, but I think uh, High Point squeezes one out here. Certainly not a bad pick at all. I definitely could see myself going that way. Um, next game, Harvard on the road to Colgate. Boys, do you think any team in the country is running more during practice than Harvard this week. Oh my <laughs> word. I feel so bad for Jerry Burns boys because they have got to be going through absolute hell. I imagine. I don't know. But if you're the team, the Ivy League team that gives up Dartmouth's first win since we were children, you've got to have some consequences. Oh man. Tough one for Harvard. Going against Colgate will not be tough. I think Harvard, Sam King, and his offense have some fire in their eyes, and they take it to a Colgate team who has disappointed, really, since beating Navy. So, go Crimson. Yeah, certainly Colgate's on that um, on that train as well. They're probably going to be seeing a lot more conditioning and a lot and staring at a lot of green grass. Um, much more than they would like to this week. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Crimson here. I think they are looking for a bounce-back win. They need to stay competitive, and they very 
unpredictable Ivy League conference. So I think they take down Colgate here. Um, and this is also their fourth and last uh, road matchup before they got to take on Cornell at home next week. Yeah, I I think Harvard bounces back and gets a win on the road against Colgate. I Colgate has been lacking, and every time I think they're going to win, they don't so far, except for that Navy game. So I'm picking Harvard. All right, next up we have a very interesting one here. I like this one. Lafayette's taking on Lehigh. Lehigh sitting at five and three, two and one in the Patriot League. Lafayette is four and six, one and three, certain to look to improve that Patriot League record to stay in contention for that five or six spot in the tournament. Um, I like Lehigh here. They're coming off a very hard fought loss to Georgetown and certainly looking to uh, bounce back and uh, get a solid Patriot League win. But watch out for the Leopards, man. They're not afraid to take it to you. Um, They certainly play with a lot of passion, a lot of energy. Um, so be on the lookout if you're the Mountain Hawks this week. Boyd is right. Watch out for the Leopards. They have just consistently played with teams that we none of us have thought they were capable of playing with. Um, but yeah, I think Lehigh is, is for me, they're a potentially top 20 team if things go a certain way. Uh, I thought they played Georgetown very well. And, you know, Boyd's dog of the week, exceptional defenseman. This team is too good to lose to Lafayette, I think. Yeah, I. this could be a trap game for Lehigh. I am picking the Mountain Hawks, but Lehigh did a great job. I mean, uh, Lafayette did a great job against Boston. They were winning 9-8 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So this team can hang with good teams. But I will still take Mountain Hawks at home in this game. All righty, next up we have, I think this is our first Big Ten matchup of the weekend. Or yes, of the week general um and the big 10 is certainly looking like one of those one of the more competitive conferences this year with the just the way how all these teams are playing um michigan coming off a a very tough loss to uh johns hopkins on saturday night uh i actually watched that game with my father in an applebee's in lexington virginia after the wnl lynchburg game so we were uh, putting a few back and watching a little big 10 action um, Maryland's coming off a very solid win against Penn State. Um, and, you know, Penn State, not pushovers. Uh, it's their second straight loss, but, you know, they're going to catch some steam here soon. Believe that. Um, I like the Terps here. Um, Michigan, they're going to bring it to them, but I think uh, Maryland's defense is, uh, stands tall and takes it to the Wolverines. Yeah, I think Big Ten is a four-bid conference this year. You hear it here first. Four teams are going to make it from the Big Ten. Maryland's going to be one of them. I have them winning at home. Four is a bold pick. Don't know if the Buckeyes can be that fourth team. Maybe, maybe. But yes, in this case, Maryland will win this game. Michigan, unfortunate buzzsaw to start with Hopkins and Maryland. So yeah, uh, sorry, Big Blue. Got to go with Maryland. All right. Traveling to some America East play. We've got Vermont. Going down south to Merrimack. I doubted Vermont against Albany. And that was a mistake. I'm not making that mistake again. Vermont still owns this conference. I'm taking the Cottonmouths. Yeah, the wheels have kind of fallen off on the Merrimack train. Um, 
the last few weeks. Uh, it's sad to see, certainly. Um, I'm going to take Vermont here as well. Um, I'm, I'm very sad about the Warriors, um, but I think the Cats come out on top here. What a stroke of fortuitous luck for me when you both switched to Albany and I decided not to. And look who got the win. Ridiculous. What a, what a Ridiculous. stroke of luck. What a stroke of luck. But no, Vermont will win this game. Mary Mack uh, got shut down by UMBC way more than I thought. Uh, so, yeah. Cats from Burlington get this one in Massachusetts. Moving on to another America East game. We've got Bryant traveling to NJIT. Uh, Bryant looks phenomenal this year so far. And honestly, that Air Force loss, I'm just going to chalk up to travel. Air Force is 4-0 at home. And I, they've beaten some really good teams there like Denver. So I think Bryant is Vermont's biggest threat in the America East this year. And I think the Bulldogs are going to win this game on the road. Uh, yeah, if certain teams don't beat other teams, Bryant is definitely a top 20 team for me. Uh, NJIT, credit to them. They've hung around with people like like Binghamton last weekend. But this Bryant offense is way too prolific for NJIT. And yeah, the Bulldogs are going to win. Yeah, I got Bryant here as well. Um, yeah, it's going to come down to them and Vermont. They play each other in a few weeks. Sh- certainly should be a good matchup, but I don't see them dropping this game against NJIT. Next up, a suddenly very meaningful Ivy League game between Brown, who is still not ranked, but definitely a lot better, um, with their seniors back. Thank you, Brown administration, for getting these guys back on the field. They're on the road down to New Jersey to take on Princeton, which is our surprise team of the week, just because of how good they looked. Normally, surprise teams are kind of, you know, teams that didn't play too well. But this week, Princeton, like, shocked even me. And I took them to beat to beat Yale. Um, is Princeton coming into form? I don't know. Brown looks to be coming into form. And all of a sudden, it's making me second guess whether I want to even take Princeton in this game, period. Um, I am going to stick with Princeton just because... I. I do like them at home, and I think home, almost like the Mac, means more in the Ivies. Uh, but Brown certainly, certainly could take it to the Tigers. Um, but I, I think Princeton is in kind of like Yale and Penn, do or die mode. And I think that impacts them a little bit more than Brown. So I'm going to stick with the Tigers, but man, what a total toss-up this one is. Oh, this is going to be a great game. Um Honestly, Princeton's offense blew me out of the water that game. I mean, that 23 goals is like they have not even been coming close, close to that in any other game they've played this season so far. I, well, I mean, minus Monmouth. Sorry, let me rephrase this. Since their very first game of the season when they played Monmouth, they scored 22. Every other meaningful game they've played, though, has not even come close to that stat and doing it against a Yale side that I had ranked really impressive and it's even more impressive when they did that without Alex Slusher their preseason all Ivy midfielder so uh, this team impressed me a lot and Brown yes they are 
head and shoulders a top 20 team with those five seniors that they got back against Villanova and they showed it today. Can they beat Princeton on the road? I don't know. And that's why I'm hesitant to take them. So I'm going to be going with the Tigers for now. Yeah, I think we've really just beaten the dead horse here with how weird the Ivy League has been um, and how much chaos is going on within that conference. Granted, we did we did expect chaos with how, with how competitive that uh, we expected these teams to be, just not in this way, I don't think. Um, and with that said, I think you got to take Brown here. Um, you know, Princeton is coming off a very solid win uh, against the Yale team who has put up, who has let teams put up 20 or more goals on them. Um, and, you know, I think Princeton's offense, they're starting to get a stride, but I still see some inconsistencies from here and there. Brown just got their guys back. They're healthy. They're rested. They've certainly had a lot of time to go to the gym, hit the treadmill, hit the bike and keep and stay conditioned, stay in shape. Um, and, you know, they're going to have, they're looking to play a lot of catch up too. Um, Brown, you know, they dropped a couple of games, so, you know, they need to play some catch up and really would take, uh, get some quality wins here in the Ivy League to stay in contention. So I'm going to take the Bears here. I, I like uh, Devin McLean and Logan Paff. Uh, you know, I played with Logan a while back. He is a great player. So I, I expect them to come out with an attitude and take down the Tigers here. That'll be a good Ivy League matchup for sure. Moving on mm-hmm. to our last A-10 game of the week. This one I am two stop for. It is Richmond traveling to my boys at Hawk Hill. And, oh, I guessed it last week, and he outdid himself. Shane Ryan, the fourth-string goalie at the start of the season for St. Joe's, made his debut start against Duke, and that boy impressed me. He ended the day with 52%. That is the best the goalie has done for St. Joe's by far this season. Doubling, like, it doubles up some of their outings that they've had between McMillan and Seeley, so... I, if they as a team can build off of this and say, hey, we have faith in you, you are our guy now, and they don't just pull him again, because he did, he was shaky in that first half. I think he was only at like 35% going in the halftime. I was worried they were going to pull him and just continue the vicious cycle of not great goalie play, but he stuck in there and he ended the day really well. If St. Joe's can build off of it and they got that stability at net, I they are a team that will play those top teams like Duke in a three-goal game like they did, and they will be close with teams. They are a solid team if they have solid goalie play. I, I think they're going to make a run in this conference. I think they still win the A-10. I like them at home against Richmond, and this is their first step to getting that AQ and trying to make a run in the tournament come May. What an opening conference game in the A-10 this is. Let's be frank, both Richmond and St. Joe's have had pretty disappointing seasons compared to what expectations were for both at the beginning of the year. I'm going to go with Hawk Hill. They're home. They played Duke exceptionally better than I thought they would. Their faceoffs clearly give them a you know possession advantage. And if you give Levi Anderson possession advantage he's going to convert chances richmond 
they've just been overall kind of disappointing on the year more than St. Joe's has. And I think, yeah, to your point, Dryban, like go to the four string goal if you have to. Whoever can make some freaking saves, use that guy. And I think they use him and they win this game. So Hawk Hill, want to know in the A10. Yeah, I got to go Hawk Hill as well. I mean, yeah, you guys said it pretty well. Um, Hawk, Hawk Hill definitely had to battle back against uh, that Duke team. I think they were down like 11 to 4, one point, lost the game 12 to 9. So they certainly battled back and showed some resiliency uh, in that game against a top five team, like um, concretely. Um, and uh, you got love to see that the, uh, a goalie has stepped up for them and uh, made an impact on that defense, kind of resurged them a little bit and certainly had a great time going in, going into a 10 play this week. I think the Hawks, I think the Hawks take it to the spiders here. Um, and you know, it's, it's simple nature, like Hawk versus a spider, the Hawk wins uh, 12 times out of 10. So yeah, you got to go with the Hawks here. I would like to see a spider beat a Hawk. I would like to see that in real life. Probably one of those big spiders from, uh, the, uh, Jedi order game. Oh my God. <laughs> Next up, we have St. John's on the road to Villanova. Villanova, of course, we've said it a couple times tonight, off a fresh brown loss. Villanova's not losing to St. John's. Pretty light week for the Wildcats as they prepare themselves for the remainder of Big East play. Yeah, it's certainly a figure-your-crap-out game for Villanova after the game they had today. Um, So, yeah, I got the Wildcats here. I'm taking Villanova as well. All righty. Next up, we have an interesting ACC matchup. Our number three team, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, taking on the Syracuse Orange, who sit at our 20th spot in our rankings this week. Um, yeah, I, I got to go with Notre Dame here. Uh, more talented. Um, that isn't to say that there isn't talent on Syracuse side. They certainly have a lot of talent on the offense. Um, but they're young and they're – um, they're undisciplined, so I think they, I think that uh, Syracuse is going to make quite a few mistakes against a Notre Dame team who's looking for uh, a big win in the ACC. I, I love you guys. I don't know why you have Syracuse ranked. I just don't. I, I don't know why they're in the top 20 for us. Um, it doesn't matter. They're going to lose this game and drop, frankly, out of it again. Uh, so I guess they're making a brief appearance back in the top 20 Notre Dame will have no problem especially after losing a game don't care if this is in the dome love the Irish here Syracuse 110% deserves to be in the top 20 I don't know no way 110% will lose against Notre Dame though fighting Irish I'm a drive in there at least we agree on that gentlemen Next game, Bellarmine on the road to Lindenwood. All of us took Lindenwood in the midweek game. All of us took Bellarmine also in their midweek game. Going to take Bellarmine again here. Uh, I think Bellarmine has had a nice start to the A-Sun, and I think they're building up, and they have a relatively light week with Mercer and Lindenwood. So uh, a pretty good pretty good two-win two win week for them. 
Yeah, I got the Knights here. Um, but I think Lindenwood, you know, they're going to compete like they have been all season. So um, don't count the Lions out in here. Well, I've been 6-2 and two on the season so far. It's pretty damn yeah. good for a Knights squad, I think. Uh, I like them in this game also. All righty, good stuff. Next, we have the Holy Cross Crusaders taking on our number 17th ranked Loyola Greyhounds. Loyola is our panic team at the moment. Um, look, they – all right, yeah, clap it up, clap it up. Yeah, yeah just, just throw salt on the wound. I cannot believe I agreed to that. <laughs> they are the panic team. I mean, look, you had a one-goal game against Bucknell, who is bottom of the barrel in the Patriot League. Um, the week before, you had a very embarrassing loss against Duke. Um, I mean, we all saw that coming. And then Army, just five goals against Army? I don't know, man. Like, that's concerning. Um, certainly a lot of time for them, though, to pick themselves back up and get back in a Patriot League play. They got Holy Cross this week, Navy the following week, but then they have to go and play BU and Georgetown back-to-back. So definitely some tune-up games for the Greyhounds here. I think they take this one against Holy Cross. Loyola deserves a panic button. They have been in panic mode since their loss to Rutgers, quite frankly, in my mind. They lose to Rutgers, only score six goals in that game. Go on. They have to take the OT and win it in OT against the Towson squad that is mightily struggling this year as we mentioned earlier they only beat Lafayette by four at home get demolished by Duke barely hang on against Bucknell on the road and they get pummeled by Army this team is panicking they deserve to be panicking as much as I will throw shit against Loyola they are still beating Holy Cross though I do have them in this game but this team is a shell of the team that showed up against Maryland and Hopkins I, I, I'm I'm not panicking. There's no reason to panic. It's all tranquility over here. Nothing wrong in Greyhound land. Uh, God, the best thing for this Greyhound team is to play Holy Cross. Man, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to a light week against the Purple Paladins. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, no, no panic. No panic here. Loyola wins this game. Alrighty, another exciting Big Ten matchup. Our number nine team, Rutgers Scarlet Knights, taking on the number eight Johns Hopkins Blue Jays. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'm taking Rutgers here. Listen, um, it's not so much that Rutgers dropped a game to Ohio State. It's more of just what I've seen from Johns Hopkins over the last four games. They've played some tight, close games, and then they just somehow find a way to win. You know, there's certainly a lot to say. With that sort of, um, with that sort of play, but those games have been against Syracuse, Navy, Delaware, and Michigan. Not very convincing to me, um, especially going into this game against Rutgers, who is really looking for a bounce back win after a lackluster first half against Ohio State. Um, certainly looking to turn on the burners here and just put up a lot of a ton of goals on this uh, Johns Hopkins team, who I think, frankly, is very undisciplined. Um, on the defensive side and the offensive side of the ball. I think they get a little too aggressive with these Rutgers players, and they take a lot of advantage on man-up plays. Boy, you're totally right about Hopkins' last four games and their being a little sketchy. 
However, I will counter with, from my perspective, Rutgers' last four games have been equally as sketchy. A close win against Utah, overtime to beat Princeton. They were shut down by UMass. Yes, they won, but that UMass defense took it to them. And then, of course, they were just stifled by Ohio State. So both of these teams, you know, Hopkins, a lot of wins, Rutgers, a loss. But both these teams, I feel, are in very similar situations. And this game has huge Big Ten and obviously top 20 implications. If this game is in Piscataway, I'm going to go with the Scarlet Knights, but it's not. It's at Homewood, and I think the Hopkins team just plays a little bit different at Homewood. And I think they proved a lot to me in that road win against Michigan. And I'm Boyd, I'm going to use your point against you. Hopkins finds ways to win. And I think they find a way to win against Rutgers. Yeah. Rutgers is one and two on the road this season. They've only played three away games and this is their fourth of the year. I I have no idea where that performance against Ohio state came from. And Ohio state's not that good of a team. In my opinion, Ohio state's best player on the field by a country mile was, uh, Wildbaum, what is their goalie's name? Wildbaum? Not Wildbaum. Why? Oh, Walland. Walland. There it is. Walland was phenomenal for them. I mean, he was a stone wall and he played out of his mind. But I don't know how much of that. That was just like a lot of bad shot selections by Rutgers. And watching that game, I was yelling at Rutgers on the screen because it just looked like they were making rookie mistakes that they don't deserve to be a top 20 team a lot that game. And granted, the refs were also, frankly, terrible and missed a lot of calls for Rutgers that I was also fuming about during that game. But this team, last week, if you had asked me this question two days ago, I would be picking Rutgers hands down in this game because I would have thought they're just a better team than Hopkins. But right now, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays at home because just like Glazer said, they play different at Homewood. That field is going to be packed i tell you freaking packed for this game i mean this hopkins team hasn't looked this good and this promising in a while especially against a team a game against a team that's in the top 20 just like them and it's a big 10 play homewood's going to be rocking that band's going to be playing a lot i think i like the blue jays at home in this game it all depends, man. Like, what are they going to do with Timmy Marcel? They pulled him against Michigan. Yeah, which right. Was a real head scratcher. Like, why would you do that? He's one of the best goalies in the country statistically right now. Um, yeah, I, I just don't. That. I just don't have faith. I just don't have faith in the Hopkins coaching staff. They, I, I, the last few years they've been indecisive on decision making and you know who to which guys to put out there on the field. Um, and you know, I you got to credit Ohio State too in that Rutgers win. They played great defense. The goalie played out of his mind, um, like you said. So, yeah, it's certainly going to be a great matchup. I'm pumped for that game. Um, wish I could go, but I'll be attending the CNU Lynchburg game, uh, which should be very entertaining. D3 matchup. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I get what you're saying. I, your points are very valid. But yeah, um, it's going to be it's a head scratcher, and you could go either way with this one. Totally agree. We move back to the Mac with Sienna on the road to Wagner. Don't like this matchup for Wagner. I think Sienna is just a little bit more 
mature in many ways as a program. And I think they win this one, even though it's away. Yeah, I, the Wagner, I don't want to pick them. As lackluster as Siena's offense has been the last few games, I still think they can grind out this win against a Wagner team. Yeah, I got Siena here. They're still top 10 in turnovers per game on offense. So, uh, you know, they take care of the ball, and I just don't know if this Wagner defense can uh, take the ball away from these guys. So I'm going to go to the Saints here. All right, moving on to our last Saturday game. Huge America East matchup. We've got UMBC traveling up north to Albany. Albany disappointed the hell out, out for me against Vermont. Uh, they got destroyed basically in every single statistical area except for turnovers, which they won by just a couple, 15 to 18. UMBC has the advantage against them in faceoffs and goalie play. And honestly, Albany's offense has given me zero faith as they've only scored double digits three times this season. Uh, and like, I think it was Glazer mentioned UMBC absolutely dominated Mary Mack in a way that I did not think they were going to on or at home. And I, I, because of that, I really like the retrievers on the road in this game. I, I think they round out the top three in the America East with Bryant and Vermont. And I think they're going to try to contend. And I think they're going to make that statement by beating Albany. Hey, boy, you're on mute. Yeah, sorry, I realized that. <laughs> um, certainly a very impressive win for UMBC. They proved us all wrong this weekend, taking down Merrimack the way they did. Albany, very disappointing the last few weeks. Um, you know, I, I'm i losing confidence in Albany each week, um, and which is sad to, it's sad to say because I like Scotty Mahari and I like uh, what he's done with the program over the last few years. Um, but UMBC, they look they looked primed for a run um, in conference play this season. So, you know, they're looking at Albany like, hey, you guys have had our number the last few years. It's our turn. So I think the Retrievers take it here. I think the that's that's the exact mentality UMBC has. You make a great point, Boyd. Uh, retrievers won their first game in this series after dropping the prior four. So clearly this has been kind of Albany's matchup in the last kind of half decade. Um, and I'll be honest, none of us particularly liked UMBC on the road. I mean, we didn't really give them a chance against Bryant and they probably played Bryant closer than we thought. Um, but yeah, Albany did not play that well against Vermont. And I think the Retrievers defense continues to be legit, right? That's a pretty decent Merrimack offense that just got totally, totally shut down. Um, think the retrievers shake off their road woes here and uh, the defense shows up against the Danes. So I'm going to go with the retrievers here as well. All righty. Our last matchup for the weekend, we have our number 19 team, Ohio state taking on the Penn state Nittany lions who sit at number seven after a tough loss to Maryland this past weekend. I watching that game. I felt like Penn state was going to make a run at any point. Uh, they just couldn't, get it past Ruble and that very stout Maryland defense. Um, and as we've stated in this podcast a couple of times today, uh, Ohio State had a very impressive win against Rutgers. You know, they were up 7-2 to two at halftime 
got to give props to uh, Ohio State for stepping up against a uh, top five team at the time. Um, and, you know, I almost wish this game was being played like closer to the end of the season. Um, granted, it can't be the last game of the season because Ohio State, Michigan, that's the game. Um, but certainly this is going to be another talented, very um, high paced matchup, I think. Um, Ohio State, you know, they brought the pace to Rutgers, and I think that's what we've been harping on. I, I mean, especially me, the last few weeks they've started out slow and just have very low had very low production. Um, I think we see a 15 to 14 game here. Um, I'm going to take Penn State very tentatively. Um, I'm going to see how I feel throughout the week uh, after Ohio and see how Ohio State is doing. But, yeah, I like the Nittany Lions here, but it's going to be very entertaining. Definitely one to watch. Um, certainly the only game on Sunday, so you have no choice. <laughs> yeah, uh, Big Ten, Sunday Night Lacrosse, love that it's back. Um, just a great way to conclude the weekend and spread out some of the game coverage. For me, this isn't really a game I'm going to even consider changing my pick on. It's going to be Penn State. Uh, even in their win against Rutgers, Ohio State's offense continues to be just disappointing. Like, I don't know. Like, they just can't seem to get things going for me. Um, whereas Penn State, like, I don't pick a lot of, put a lot of stock into that Maryland loss. They they played the Terps pretty well, and Maryland's Maryland. Like, that's going to be a tough game no matter how good you are for Penn State. Um, I, I think they get back on track here. I think get a nice win. And I Ohio State probably needs this win if they want the at-large bid, um, from my perspective. I think if they lose this one and they drop to five and five, they might be kissing the opportunity goodbye. So I think Penn State closes the door on them here. I, even after this Ohio State-Rutgers game, I still think Rutgers is that fifth team in this conference, that fifth seed. And I I don't see them beating Penn State, who has impressed me a lot this year. And this game being at Penn State, too, uh, solidifies the fact that my pick's going to be the Nittany Lions even more. Um, yeah, I, same thing that Glazer just said. Ohio State's offense just it is unimpressive. I mean, like, they haven't done that much outside of their Detroit Mercy win since, like, their Cleveland state game. I mean, like they haven't scored that many goals or been like able to really, you know, compete with a team in a shootout at all that much. They got 13 against Cornell, but that game wasn't really too close at any point in time. I, I think this Penn state team is going to be able to put points on the board against a, a very good Ohio state defense. I'll give them that. They have a really, really good defense, but I just, yeah, I, not in this one though. I I like I like Penn State too much. That concludes our massive week of picks. Voigt's ready for bed. I'm ready for bed. Dryband's got another hour till he's bedtime out in Texas. Another lovely week of picking, gentlemen. The title of our episode this week was Conference Complications. You can be almost guaranteed. The conferences will be more complicated after this week. Any final thoughts, gentlemen? I'm looking to see some great conference plays. I I, I cannot wait to see these at-large bids. It's going to be crazy this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is, this is it. We're hit, we've hit that time in the schedule, man, um, where games just matter more. And certainly, you know, once we get to the end of the season and you're one of those teams that didn't get in that large, you're thinking back and looking like, oh, man, we should have done this differently. We should have done that. Um, so, you know, when you go watch these teams, you're going to see them throw the kitchen sink at each other. It's going to be intense. Uh, it's going to be very physical, very emotional. Um, and it it's probably one of my favorite times of the year because of this is when teams, you know, bring out the skill and, you know, the entertaining side of it all. So um, should be an excellent week. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be surprised just as much as we have been over the last few weeks. Um, I said I said at the beginning of the podcast episode today that, you know, it seemed kind of cookie cutter and clear cut for some of these games. I guarantee you I'm going to be eating my words next, next week. It's why we love the game. It's why we love watching. It's why we love picking. That does it for us for week eight. Thank you for tuning in as always. Be well, pick wisely, and that's right, stay classy.